providing for my family is extremely important. You know, that's that's number one. You know, that I need to provide for my family and and them live well and things like that. But um, um, I find pleasure into um, us being us giving people a space to do family and to do community, and that that's a really big deal for me. Is um, not just going out to make money, but there's a purpose behind everything. I had a lady, she was an older lady, she was in her 70s, and we did a kitchen remodel for her. And uh, and she said that she's never had the kitchen that she's ever wanted, and now that she's 70, she's gonna pay for it, and they're gonna do it. And we were able to give her the kitchen of her dreams. And I remember as we were closing the project, she was crying. Because it was like one of those things of like, oh my gosh, you gave me the space to be able to have my kids and my grandkids over and uh, for me to be able to have a long island to be able to cook with my grandkids and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what it's about. It's creating, you know, for us, it's creating that space for people to have community and to have family. Um, that's extremely important that, you know, th there's purpose behind that. Well, welcome to The Precipice. I'm John. We have another episode. We have a guest here today. His name is Raul. I have my co-host here, Brad Willoughby. Brad, good to see you again. Good to see you too. Raul, thanks for being here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. Well, I don't think we want to waste too much time. We want to go ahead and get going. And uh, Brad, why don't you go ahead and introduce us to Raul? All right. Uh, this is my friend Raul Mondragon, um, friend that I met uh, last October at uh, Surge School of Transformation. We've been going to church together since that time as well. Um, going through school with Raul was a blast, um, getting to know him. Um, he's got uh, a, a job that he's doing um, that's similar to what I was doing when I was younger. I've been drawn to him since we met, and uh, we're just glad to have you here tonight, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thank you. Um, so just, I wanted to just kind of get into it about, you know, your, your history, where you're from, all that stuff. Um, trying to paint a picture for the listeners of kind of who you are. So were you born here in uh, Metro Atlanta or, um, this, this area? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was born here in Atlanta. Okay. Um, my parents are from Mexico. And, uh, so, um, a funny story, uh, my mom was actually three months pregnant whenever um, they decided to move over here. And so I always say that um, I was made in Mexico, but born here. Nice. So, so yeah, Grady baby. So for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so for a reference for people, I know high school is kind of a, a marker for folks, like where you went to high school, that kind of thing. Where'd you go? Yeah. So I went to a lot of places. Okay. Um, so, but I ended up graduating from Rockmart High School. Um, and uh, so, so yeah. I heard you, uh, I've heard you share your story before and it's an um, incredible story. And uh, I'd love for you to, to to tell us that story that you shared at school. Um, you can you can add or subtract anything that you'd like from what you what you shared that night. Uh, there's no time constraints on it. You know, if there's anything that you want to add, but I think it's critical about um, who God is, how incredible He is, His power, uh, His love, and Him never quitting on people. So, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to I'd love to hear you share that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So you know, I um, I grew up in uh, in a rough area, you know, and uh, my parents just didn't know uh, where to raise your kids or anything like that. So we ended up in just, you know, the ghetto, and uh, and so I grew up there, um, elementary school, which is average, normal, you know, nothing nothing odd. Uh, once we started getting into middle school, that's where things got kind of rough, and uh, we just lived in an area where it was gang infested. You know, um, late 1990s, early 2000s, that's when gangs were up, you know, and uh, and they were, it, it was really, really violent at the time. And uh, um, thank God until, it wasn't until 2007, 2010 that, um, you know, the, the gang task force actually started doing something. Um, well, a little bit more heavy. But uh, but anyways, you know, lived in, the, in that area. I saw, saw people do gang signs all the time. You know, heard shootings all the time, all the graffiti and all the fences, you know. Um, just saw, just grew up around that. Middle school happened. And, uh, and I had a friend that was just like, hey, man, you want to join a gang? 
I didn't think anything of it. And uh, so I was just like, yeah, I, I didn't think of it. I, me actually being in, in a gang, it was more of just like me hanging out with my friends. And, you know, Did your dad or your parents ever like warn you about that or say, listen, this is what's going on. You need to stay away from this or anything like that? No, not at all. It, it was one of those things. My, my parents are great parents. They're awesome. It was just that they didn't know. You know, they didn't know that um, that was going on in our area. Um, the, and, well, I'll say this. Um, they didn't know that I would get involved in that because I was a good kid. You know, my parents were, were good parents. You know, it was just things that they didn't know, you know. And, uh, um, but yeah, you know, we, we we started hanging out, you know, doing little gang stuff. And things got a little bit heavier because that that um, that friend of mine, he he had older brothers. And his older brothers were doing the serious things. And they were doing the fighting. They were doing the stealing. They were doing all these things. And uh, slowly, I just started getting more and more involved in that. Um, long story short, I separate from them uh, because of a move. And I want to continue that life. And so um, I'm, you know, and, and, you know, something that you have to process is I was thir 12, 13 years old when this stuff, this stuff was happening. Um, and so, um, you know, I find some people that I can do drugs with, you know, and they were in the gang as well. And, uh, and so we started doing that stuff. And when, uh, there was a, uh, an occasion where, um, they, there's this other gang that got that, um, wanted to get in a fight with one of my friends and they got into a fight and I got in a fight too. And, uh, and so from then on, they were like, Hey, like, we want you to join this gang. And it was actually a bigger gang. It was actually a well-known gang in, in Atlanta. Um, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so I got in, you know, and started getting more heavily involved and, you know, uh, it started getting really violent in school. Um, you know, I, I think, I got, I think I, I got, sus I got suspended, you know, I think 14, 15 times from fighting, um, in school, um, to the point where they had to take me to alternative school. And then from alternative school, I get into a fight in there. And in alternative school, there's no grace for that, you know? And so, uh, so they, had to, they had to kick me out. Um, my principal, uh, Ms. Grimes, um, which um, I appreciate so much. I love teachers. Teachers are awesome. They're amazing. It's a special thing in my heart um, and in my life. Um, she, uh, I, got, I got into a fight. We, me, me, and this other guy were were in line to to go into into the alternative school because you have to be checked. You have to go to the through the detector and all that stuff before you go to before you go to class. And he was in front of me. He just wanted to pick a fight, and uh, um, and you know, so I I agreed to it. You know, we went out into a parking lot, started fighting, and uh, with a group of our, of our friends and. You know, went back, all beat up, shirts ripped, all these things, you know, face scratched and all that. And we go, we go to class and, you know, nobody talked about it. And, you know, apparently somebody did. And uh, um, we were called up to the principal's office. And when that happened, um, they, we both sat down and the principal um, asked us, you know, hey, um, did you guys get into a fight? It was so obvious because we, our buttons were, you know, gone and we were bruised up and it looked like we got into a fight. And, uh, and she asked, uh, the, the other guy and, and he said, no, you know, we didn't get into a fight, you know, with the attitude, you know, you can only imagine how, you know, teenage gang members talk and act, you know, and, uh, and the principal then asked me and I'm like, yeah, we did get into a fight, you know, with a whole bunch of attitude, you know, and, uh, and she said, okay. So she, um, she grabs the phone and tells the other kid to, to call their parents because he's going home and he's getting expelled. Um, and then um, does that and he walks out and the, the cop takes him, escorts him out. And then, uh, so I'm still there. And the, the principal um, tells me, he's like, hey, um, I'm going to give you another chance. Okay. Um, and, I, and I believe it was because she saw something in me. And uh, and I was honest. I didn't I didn't think I was honest. I th I thought I was just being bad. I thought I thought I was, it was one of those things of like yeah like I don't care. I don't care what you think. Like yeah, expel me, you know. And uh, and it went the other way around. And she gave me another opportunity. But you know, a few weeks later, a month later, you know, I get into another fight. And uh, and it was in the public. Everybody saw it. And uh, and so um, she didn't have another choice but to expel me. You know, um, she took me to the side in some office. I, I can't remember what office it was, but she took me to the side and she said, Raul, why? Like, why would you do that? I give you a chance. And me being the person that I was at the time, I'm like, I don't care. 
you know, this is this is it for me. Um, uh, there, there's a little side, a little side note, which is, you know, anyways, a little side note. Uh, um, uh, at that time, I was 15, 16, and I actually had a girl that was pregnant. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, so I was waiting to be a dad at 15, 16 years old. And uh, um, so, I, you know, my 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 thinking was I need to get out of school anyways because I need to support a family now. And that was just really the process that I was going towards um, or what I was thinking. And um, anyways, I get, you know, I get kicked out and, uh, you know, um, I go to court and, you know, towards the end of the court, one of the judges, you know, they say, hey, you're, you're a threat to all public schools and private schools. You're, you're a threat to everything. You're, you're no longer going to be able to go to any school in the state of Georgia. And uh, that kind of hit me hard. And, uh, you know, kind of bummed me out and kind of kind of hit reality of like, man, like I really messed this up, you know, and uh, I go to work, you know, after I get expelled, I go to work. I'm working with my dad, you know, he's a painter. And so just working with him and, you know, kind of bummed out that I actually lost an opportunity um, and uh, just became somebody that, you know, what society thinks I would become, you know, um, I was looking at you know, being in jail soon. I was looking at, you know, probably dying soon. Um, you know, I had friends that were already dying. I had I had friends in prison. I had friends in RYDC, all these things. And, you know, that's just, that was my future. And that's that's where my, my mindset was at. Um, you know, and, and then just one morning, um, uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember the Nokia phones, like those those blue Nokia phones. Um, I had one of those phones and, and my phone rings and it's like five o'clock in the morning, five, six o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, who is calling me at this time? And uh and it was Miss Grimes, my principal from the alternative school. And uh and she she says, Hey, is this Raul? And I'm like, Yeah, this is Raul. And uh it's like, Hey, this is Miss Grimes. Um and uh and she asked me, um, do you have a book bag? And I'm like, Yes, I have a book bag. And he's like, Well, um, uh, why don't you go ahead and grab your book bag, um, grab yourself some nice clothes. I want, I want you to come um, to this school, um, this high school. I was at high school at the, uh, by that time. And, uh, and we're going to give you another chance. And, uh, and long story short, um, she, she was actually fighting for me the whole time. Ever since I got kicked out of school, she's been fighting for me um, to go back into school. Um, she actually fought for eight months. Had no idea. And... Uh, you know, it was just, it was an awesome. You know, I look back at it now, and you know, I think of the father. You know, of of who God is. Of He never gives up, even even if you're not even thinking about it. You know, and she was just a perfect example of how the father is. You know, the the fact that um, I couldn't give her anything. The fact that I actually made her job harder, and uh, and and the fact that. Even though she gave me a chance, I decided to screw it up, and I had the mentality of I don't give a rip, you know. And and she still decided to fight for me, which was just absolutely just mind-boggling for me. And and I think that's that was one of the 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 points in my life where I was like, you know, I really do need to change. Do you do you remember processing that, like literally feeling the weight of that at the time, or was it something that kind of revealed itself more to you as time passed? Oh no, it was a shocker. Yeah, it was an absolute shocker that this lady would do that because you know, I, while I was working and while I was expelled, you know, I was bummed out, and and even though I was doing life and I was working, I was actually living. I was even living with my girlfriend at the time. I was paying bills at fifteen, sixteen years old. You know, and uh, I know thirty-year-olds that can't do that, right? Yeah. So you know, I was doing, I was doing it. I was ready for it, and but at the same time, I was bummed out because you know I felt like my future was gone. Um, that that's just where my mindset was at. Yeah. What was going on in your house during this time with your parents and and with your family? Yeah, uh, it was actually really hard. You know, even even at times I have to catch myself because I get that bad gut feeling of like, man, like I did that, mm. you know, and and I acted a certain ways. I was really rough. I was really rough with my parents. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, my, my dad was gone a lot. Um, he was a pioneer. I mean, he was, you know, he came from Mexico, you know, and, an immigrant from another country um, trying to make it. You know, I look back now and, you know, there, there's grace on that now. Um, but he was a pioneer, and so he had to do what he had to do to for us to for us to survive and for us to have what we have. 
Um, but at the time, I was so bitter about it. And, and that's what caused some of the anger, too, was that, you know, hey, you know, my dad's not around. You know, he's never there. You know, whatever's going on, you know, he's he's uh, he's he's choosing work. Um, you know, he's putting work in front of in front of me. Um, so and, and also, you know, he didn't have the tools. He didn't have the tools that I have, you know, um, of, of how it is to be a father. He he um, he graduated. No, he didn't graduate, but he went to the third grade and that was it, you know. Um, my mom went to the sixth grade and that was it. So they didn't have anything like that. And, you know, throughout time, you know, I know we're talking about uh, now fatherhood and stuff, but, you know, throughout that time, it, you know, um, I've, I've given grace um, to that, you know, to my dad that, hey, you were a pioneer. Like, you didn't know what you were doing. You know, they had me when they were 17, 18 years old. You know, they were trying their best. So, so yeah, but, you know, we, t- you know, go full circle, you know, um, my parents didn't know what they were doing, and I was I was their firstborn, and uh, and I was retaliating and giving them a really really hard time. Yeah. So Miss Grimes takes you back. You get a you get another chance. Tell me how it goes from there. Oh man, uh, principal of that school of that high school told me you get a silent lunch, you're done. Like you can't do. You better not say anything bad. You better better be in your best behavior and. Uh, so silent lunch was like the the first level of punishment for people. You couldn't sit with anybody or talk or anything. No, if 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 I for any reason got a silent lunch, I was kicked out of school. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was they they said if you do that, you're back to being expelled and you're done. Gotcha. And uh and so I I took that and you know, um I uh I saw the opportunity that was given to me and my eyes were opened. And, uh, and so I actually started, um, being good. I was quiet, which honestly, that school that I went to was actually kind of, a it, it should have been a private school. Basically it was a private school. So there was no gangs, there was no violence there. Everybody in the school was actually, um, excelling in everything, academically sports, all those things. So I had nobody to fight with. I had nobody to do it. So it was, it was easier for me to, you know, focus because I was seeing all these kids around me. Um, actually trying and working hard and doing what they're passionate passionate about or, you know, um, yeah, having a good work ethic, you know. And So obviously that's a different environment, school environment than you're used to. How was it going into that for you? Did you feel ostracized? Did you feel looked at weird? Did you feel accepted? Or did uh, you just feel like everybody's just going about their business and here I am? You know, we that could be that could be a long story. Um but I was very accepted. Mm. I was very accepted because I was around healthy people. And the schools that I, where I was at, I was around unhealthy people. Yeah. And I was, I was, you know, there was a Hispanic crew, you know, you're in high school. So, you know, you're kind of like hanging out with your people with stuff like that. And the school that I went to, there was so many races there. Um, there was uh, um, the, the Indian people, the Middle Eastern people, there were the Asian people, there were the white people, the black people. Mm-hmm. It was a huge school. It was a school of like 6,000 students. Was this in Rockmart? No, 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 no. So this is, this is in Swanee. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, so I went, you know, went to that school. And so like the Hispanic people just took me in, but it was a whole bunch of healthy Hispanic people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, successful parents, well, healthy parents. You know, and so they just brought me right in. And, you know, even though they knew my story, you know, they, they just, they brought me in. And That's it was amazing. It was nice. Yeah. It was awesome. That's really good. So after, after school, you get through school and then tell me about the next chapter of your life. What happens after you graduate? Are you still working any during school or is it just school till you finish? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so obviously I failed the year cause I got expelled. So I had to do, you know, I was 19 graduating. And uh, I actually graduated with all honors, um, um, did all that stuff, you know, junior and senior year. I did awesome. Um, it was it was great. Tell me about church. Did church, when did church come into your life? When did Jesus come into your life? What's the, what's the story? <laughs> what's the story of that? Because <laughs> that's all I know about you. So when I heard you tell the story, yeah. I was like, so are you serious? Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool story too. Um, so I was, I was 17 um, and so I, you know, I was doing really good at the school and I actually had a, I had a, a cousin of mine that was actually a leader of a very notorious, um, gang called the North side. And, uh, they were extremely violent, all these things. And he was actually the one that created it in Atlanta. Um, uh, police were actually, 
trying to get him, all these things. Well, he he was actually um, during the there was a conversation between my parents and him through mail, um, just saying, "Hey, like Raúl's doing good. Like, what do we need to do?" Because my my cousin at the time was in prison. Um, he was actually doing twenty five to life because um, he had like a, a an attempted murder um, charge on him uh, five times. Um, yeah, that, which, you know, another story for another time, but, you know, um, uh, and he wrote a letter to my parents saying, Hey, your neck, if, if Raul is doing a good job, if he's doing great, your next step is you need to get out of the area. Cause I was still living in the ghetto, but going to a nice school and they were like, get him, get him out of the area. So, um, we actually ended up going to Rockmart, uh, Georgia and, uh, and, um, so I, I, I need nobody. You know, because it's it's very country. You go from Swanee, Norcross, Lilburn area, and then you end up in Rockmart. And you're like, where the heck am I? You know, you hear, you see a whole bunch of cows, and I I don't even understand people because it's, it seems like it's a different dialect <laughs> um, from just the country accent. Um, and uh, and so yeah, so we move we moved to Rockmart, and uh, um, I, I knew I knew nobody. And you're done. You're done with school at this time, right? Not yet. No. Okay. So this. So so you know. Obviously, I graduate with honors, but I, I was actually a believer at the time. Um, but you know, we we go back from that. You know, I'm 17 years old. Um, I think I'm a junior, and uh, and I go and play soccer at the park because I'm bored because I have no friends and I don't. I'm not in contact with anybody anymore because I decided I I wanted to completely just you know let everybody go in my life that, you know, from, from the past and even, even the friends that I had on that side, I just decided, you know what, I'm just starting fresh. I need it, you know, cause even though I was still doing good in school, I was actually still doing drugs. Um, so, you know, I was smoking weed, you know, drinking, um, doing cocaine, uh, popping pills. I was still doing that stuff and I, and I made a decision to just completely block everybody off. So I was, I was at the park. Uh, I was actually, um, at, at, um, the high school, um, playing soccer, just messing around. And um, I accidentally leave my keys um, in the car and I locked the car. And, uh, and so I had nobody, I had no friends. Um, I had, uh, um, and then I didn't have a cell phone. Um, and so, you know what? I did have a cell phone because I, I ended up, I, and my mom didn't have a cell phone. So, so um, my mom didn't have a cell phone. So I couldn't call my mom to come help me get, get me, and uh, and so I had one friend that well it, w- it was more of an acquaintance that lived in the area that I decided to call, and uh, and so she says, hey yeah like we'll go pick you up. I'm with a group of friends. Is it okay if they come? I'm like yeah for sure. I, I need to get picked up. And uh, so they come pick me up, and it's a guy um, one one of her friends. Um, his name is Cody McCarson, which is still my friend to this day. Um, very very close, um, great friends. We're we're best friends, and. Um, and so he comes and picks me up. Well, they come and get the keys out of my car. And uh, and then once all that happens, he's like, hey, it was a Wednesday night. Um, and he's like, hey, you want to go to youth group? And I'm like, what's that? Um, and he's like, it's where a whole bunch of kids, you know, young young adults, kids get together and, and hang out and uh, just talk about Jesus. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, I have nothing else to do. You know, I'm bored. I don't have any friends. And so I say, yeah, let's go. And so I go out there and... Uh, and I go to the room that's upstairs. I go up the stairs and go to the youth room and, uh, and they have worship going on. And there is people speaking in tongues. There's people on the floor, um, just worshiping, getting wrecked. And I'm like, where in the world am I? And what is this? You know? And, but the, the crazy thing about it was that the Lord gave me the grace to just be like, whatever, you know, cool. Like, you know, if, if that's what they want to do, that's what they're, that's what they want to do. And, the, and I just had that mentality of, you know, it didn't matter. That's, that's great. Um, uh, a few, maybe like a month or two later, um, they, uh, the youth pastor plans a trip to go to um, a youth event. And uh, so I end up wanting to go because, again, I don't have any friends. And these youth people started being my friends. And uh, just a side note, I, I had no idea who Jesus was. And literally, I had no idea who Jesus was. I, I literally didn't know that Jesus actually died on the cross uh, for my sins. Um, and so that, you know, my parents never taught me anything like that. Um, and so I never grew up, you know, in, in any sort of religion or, you know, didn't have any sort of theology, didn't have anything like that. So, you know, I came in with, you know, just a pure heart, pure mind, just, you know, nothing there. 
Um, so we go to this youth event and it's a three day event, um, you know, and we're having service three times a day, every day for three days. And, uh, and I'm there, I'm hanging out. I'm, you know, and even to that time, you know, I'm still dealing with trying to get done with drugs and, uh, and, you know, just trying to get sober and, you know, um, doing it again, stopping doing it again, you know, it's just, you know, in that cycle of trying to quit. Um, and so, um, we're there. We're we're do um, they're doing they're having service, and uh, nothing's happening to me. Nothing's phasing me, phasing me, you know. And and in my my thought process was this is cool, like this is fun. They're having they're having music. It's inspirational, you know. Uh, the the speaker up there is cool, you know. It's it's awesome, but just nothing was going on. Um, but I was enjoying myself. I thought it was fun. You know, it was it was something that I've never experienced uh, because I I just lived a violent life. Um, and so, um, the, the last night on the last service, they do an altar call and, uh, and nothing was happening to me. I was just hanging out. There was probably maybe 500, 800 max kids in that room. And, uh, and, and the person that was speaking, um, says, you know, Hey, um, won't, you know, he does a, he, he does a little message and, and then at the end he does an altar call and says, you know, Hey, everybody takes tech take 10 steps back. And, uh, and so everybody takes 10 steps back and you can only imagine in the room, five, 800, you know, kids in that room and everybody's stepping back. And, uh, and so, you know, he does the altar call. If, if you want to know who the father is, if you want to know who Jesus is, um, I want you, I want you to come, you know, and, uh, and I don't care how you come. I don't know. I don't care if you come running. I don't care if you come crawling. I don't care how you come, but just come to the altar. And, uh, and I, in my mind in seconds, it was like, yeah, cool. All right. Awesome. You know? Um, and then he starts counting and it, it felt like my life went to slow motion. Like every millisecond was counted. And, uh, and he started counting to three and you got, you have to imagine this. I had no feeling, I had nothing. I had, I thought the place was cool. And then as soon as he, started, he starts counting, like everything overwhelmed me of all the bad things that I've done in my life. You know, and uh, all the scenarios um, just kind of started going through my head, going through my mind. And um, I just started crying like a baby, like a baby, baby. And um, and so you know, he's counting three, two, one. And my only reaction at that point, because I felt like my my spirit was going to jump out of me. Literally, I felt like I. I had to do something. I felt like I just had to act crazy. I don't know. It was just like this overwhelming feeling of forgiveness um, of, well, the overwhelming feeling of everything I've done. And then the overwhelming feeling of forgiveness of I'm actually forgiven for everything that I've done. Um, and I just, I was so excited. And at the same time, I was so appreciative of the fact that the father was actually going to forgive me for everything that I did. Uh, because again, I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know that he died on the cross. I had no idea of that. And, and so he counts to one and, you know, there's a, I'm probably on the, we're probably halfway where, you know, where the five, 800 kids are. And uh, I literally push the two people in front of me to the side and I stomp on everybody <laughs> going down, uh, going down to the altar. And I mean, you got to imagine it. It's it's real. But I, I I literally slide on my knees to the altar, and and I get down. And I'm just like, I want to know you, you know. And you know, I'm I'm being less dramatic now, but it was just like one of those things where I was just so excited, but so emotional because the Father was really forgiving me, and that 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 idea, that revelation of like, you know that there is somebody actually that is, that did save me. And, you know, um, and so I'm there and um, I'm just asking the father for forgiveness and asking that I want to know you, like, I want to know who you are. And it was out of this pure, this, this pure intention of really wanting to know the father at the moment. Um, and so I get up and I have this encounter with the father. Um, and, and this is something that, you know, this is this is why I can't walk away from the father because of this this what what I'm about to say is you know I didn't know what a vision was I, I didn't know what um all these spiritual things were I had no idea what that was but it happened to me and 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 that's really what you know I look back now and I'm like that rocked me 
you know, because I, I had I had an open eyed vision with the father mm-hmm. and there was thousands of people beside me, you know, to my to my left and to my right. And everybody was worshiping. Um, and uh, and this was an open eyed vision. Um, everybody was worshiping. And it was like this thing of um, everybody was worshiping. And there was this wave just going and going to the father. And then uh, there was another wave from the father, the same coming back to the people that were worshiping him. And to me, that was love. Um, it was like um, our worship, you know, was going to him in love and his love was coming back to us. And uh, to me, it felt like it was five minutes. I opened, uh, um, you, you know. see the wave and, yeah. he, and hear it? Like the, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So, um, you know, at, at some point I closed my eyes and I'm just experiencing that. Um, and then I opened my eyes back up and uh, and everybody's gone except maybe 20, 30 people in the room that are having encounters as well. And my youth pastor is at the back door just kind of waiting on me. Um, and, uh, you know, went back to the hotel, just completely quiet, had no words. Um, my, my only, it's funny that I say this now, but my only response after that was worship. I couldn't do anything but worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was just that over, over, overwhelming feeling of I'm forgiven. And and this this feeling of I need to devote my life to to, to God, you know. So so yeah. Well, I would give an attaboy to your youth pastor for letting you just experience <laughs> yeah. that and not, you know. So many times the feel is like I've got to go in there and do something, you know. So I'm glad that that he stayed back and just let you go through what you're going through because that was obviously incredibly powerful. Yeah. So after this encounter, what happens? Is life ascend you on this like really good track or is there you know some changes or some rough water still no no rough waters none zero Uh, i mean i go back home i'm done um that was it that it was just like a fresh start side note we actually i actually got baptized at that spot at that place they did a baptism afterwards and uh um nobody told me about speaking in tongues nobody told me about speaking in tongues um and then um they did this thing where they wanted us to pray for the sick and stuff while we were getting baptized so um my youth pastor he had bad knees so i started praying for him Nobody told me how to speak in tongues. Nobody told me about speaking in tongues. I started speaking in tongues while I was praying for him. And, uh, and then I, you know, it's time for me to go get baptized. And uh, I touched the water. My feet touched the water. It's, it's just crazy. The, you know, um, you can have so much theology. You can have so much teaching. You can go to so much school, but, you know, which is absolutely important. But experiencing it is just a different level. Um, nobody can change your mind. Nobody can change your mind when it comes to experiencing the Father. And so I, I, my feet touch the water, and, uh, and I just get this overwhelming feeling. I don't know what's going on. Nobody talked to me about baptism. You know, they, did, they probably did a little lesson on baptism before we went, but I didn't listen, you know? And uh, um, so we go in there and, you know, go into the water. They baptize me. I literally, before I can even get out the water, I'm screaming, like screaming, 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 like to the top of my lungs, like I'm riding a roller coaster, like acrophobia screaming. And I'm just, there was this overwhelming feeling of like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like I'm coming out of it. Like, you know, and literally came out like a new person. I say all that to say is that was the moment where my, you know, during the moment of me actually getting, going to the altar, that did change me. But also the baptism just radically changed me as well and completely let go of everything. I go home. And I told my parents that I'm a follower of Jesus and I love, I love God. And my parents were like, are you okay? Where did you go? <laughs> um, me, me and my parents actually had um, a very strong discussion afterwards because they were like, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? Like, all you're talking about is Jesus 24-7. And I'm like, yes. Like, I don't know if you understand the experience that I went through. You know, it was even, you know, my mom's amazing. She's beautiful. She's awesome. Like she, best mom I could ever have. She cooks amazing food also. Um, 
but um, at the time, she was so frustrated with me and what was going on with me. I, I, I told my mom, we had a strong discussion and she was like, and I, and I told her, I said, hey, I'm going to youth group. I cleaned my room. I did everything I had to do. I'm going to youth group. And my mom literally threw a book at me uh, because I was trying to go to the youth group. But there was a lot of stuff going on at the time, you know, and they thought I was going crazy, literally. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, like go to youth group, all that stuff. It was so funny because, uh, I got saved at a church of God. Um, and, uh, and it was, uh, it was a congregation, a pretty big, decent sized congregation. And, uh, and I was, it was the day, um, it was the day, uh, after we got back from, from the youth camp or the event. And, uh, and I'm in the front because the youth pastor just wants everybody to go in the front and, um, the 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 pastor speaking and it it was probably even in the middle of his you know sermon um i literally um i can't handle it anymore and you got i look back now and i'm like oh you know that was that was probably a bad time to do it but but I, but i tell i tell the pastor i just kind of get up and i raise my hand i'm like hey i want to tell everybody something and i and i and he didn't even invite me to come up but i just walked up the stairs anyways and uh and then i'm like hey i want to tell and I'm glad he gave me the, I mean, you know, he gave me the mic. This is during his sermon. This is during the sermon, (laughs) you know, and and I literally, and I grabbed the mic and I tell everybody my testimony as best as I could because I was just too excited. And uh, and then at the end, after I tell my testimony, I say, amen. And then just walk down. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, so that, you know, that's what's going on. I'm clean. You know, um, I, at, at that point on, I am living my life for Jesus. That was my mission. I'm like, I'm, I actually let go of everything. Long story short, I played uh, semi-pro soccer during that time, um, and, uh, and I gave that up. Um, I gave up soccer. I gave up everything. Um, I just wanted to follow um, Jesus. Um, and so, so, you know, then on, you know, did that. Um, I was a waiter for a little bit, you know, um, uh, painted with my dad also. Um, so, so, yeah. So then, um, as I've gotten to know you, I know you as a husband to a very sweet lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was I was trying to not laugh a little earlier when you talked about Rock Mart and people with Southern accents yeah, because yeah. Jada has one of the most incredible Southern accents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not left or right, it's left or right. That's and right. uh, she's incredible. I love listening to her. I love hanging out with her. So tell me, um, you know, kind of how jumping over kind of that point to getting married, being a dad, starting a family in your career. Um, let's kind of jump into that part of yep. it. How did that, where did you meet her? How did you guys get kicked off with that? Yeah, we we met in high school, you know, uh, junior year. It was right after I got back from the ramp that we actually, we were actually in the same class and never noticed each other mm-hmm. um, until like halfway throughout the year. And uh, um, she actually, we were in Spanish class um, and, uh, the only, the only reason I had to be in the Spanish class was because I needed a credit to graduate. I was taking German and so, and they didn't have German. So I needed to take some sort it's of, not, it's not like I was taking English class. <laughs> it's know, different. Very easy. Oh man. But she came, she comes up to me and she asked me, it's like, Hey, what's the answer to this? And I tell her the answer. And that's kind of where it went. You that's know, awesome. we started hanging out and, you know, um, and, uh, it was actually, uh, it, it's, it's, it was actually very cute. Um, she was having a really bad day. Um, she actually, um, yeah, she was having a really bad day, and uh, and we were watching a movie. We had a substitute teacher, and so I, I, I back then I used to do a little origami stuff when I was bored, and so I actually did a little heart origami and went to her to her desk. She had her head like dug into her arms at her desk, and I go over there and just leave her that little heart. And in, uh, in the back, I put just smile. It was actually a receipt from somewhere, and uh, and then uh, walk away. And she sees me walk. She sees me walk away. Um, but we don't engage until afterwards. And then she tries to find me. And, and then that's where we really start talking. And then uh, we dated for three months. And then we got engaged. And we were engaged for three months. And then we got married. And here we are 10 years later. So so you're, at the time, what are you, 20? 19, uh, 20? I was, we got married when, when I was 19. Okay. She was 17. And she had to get permission from her parents to get married to me. That's amazing. But I look back now and I'm like, oh, man, that's crazy. But I'm glad it worked out. It's, yeah. You know, we, we got tools throughout the process of, and, and everything. So it was great. Yeah. So I know that you uh, spent some time working for the Postal Service. Mm-hmm. Was that right after that? Is that, was kind of that? Was that kind of your first job after you got married or before that a little bit? Yeah. So um, I think probably two, three years into our marriage, I got into the post office, started working there. Um, as a part-time and then eventually got into full-time. Um, it was a blessing. 
um, you know, at, at the time, you know, it was it was just really good for us and re- really healthy for us, really provided for us um, at the time um, until I started my business. So, yeah. You did a walking route, right? Yeah, that's a walking. Um, so on Fridays and Saturdays, because um, I was, um, I kind of did, I had rotations. I was like a rotator kind of mailman. I did everybody's off day. Mm-hmm. So on Friday and Saturday, there was two walking routes, and those were the days that I would do the walking routes, which I absolutely love because downtown Rome is awesome. It's like a nice place, really pretty. So it was just not only that, but it was a great scenario. And you got to walk into businesses and say hey to everybody. Everybody knows you. Hey, how you doing, mailman? You know, it was just fun. It, was, it wasn't boring, you know, like the routes where it's just like mailbox and mailbox and mailbox. It was really fun. But, you know, it was, uh, yeah, that, that's where... Um, uh, I started um, just um, I started listening to Todd White. You know, I don't know if you you know guys know Todd White. I do, yeah. And uh, um, you know, I started listening to Todd White as soon as he just started being on camera and all these things. And Pete, he, he was uh, you know he was praying for people and people were getting healed and all that. And I'm like, man, I want to do that. You know, and like that is so awesome. Of like, you know, if if we have that opportunity to do, it, if that's on the table, why not do it? You know, that was just where I was at. And, uh, and I just, I had this revelation of literally walking with the father. Like, how does it look like to walk with the father? And, um, and so I literally, I, I would do these walking routes and, uh, and I would literally put my hand out and just kind of turn it into like, I'm holding the father's hand and just walk around and ask the father, like, what are we doing today? You know, like, what do you want to do today? And, uh, and there was, you know, throughout that time, throughout that process of learning how to walk with the Father, um, it was amazing because I um, saw so many crazy healings. Saw so many, um, uh, there, was, there was this uh, um, place, this rough area in Rome where um, there were apartment complexes and all these kids, whenever the mailman got there at the apartment complex, all the kids came out. And to me, it was like, all right, dad, what do you want to do? You know, what are we going to do here? And kids were getting saved left and right. Parents were coming. What's going on? You know, the, the kids were bringing their brothers, their older brothers and sisters. And I was just praying for them. You know, n- nothing, you know, nothing religious, nothing, anything like, hey, like, can I show you who my dad is? Mm-hmm. You know, um, my dad actually loves you. And, uh, and he wants to be your dad too. Like, is that okay? Like, do you want him to be your dad? Because he's loving he loves you. He cares about you. He wants you. He wants the best for you, and he's never going to fail you. And and these kids in these areas, they probably a lot of them don't have dads, you know. And and they wanted a dad, and they got to experience a dad. You know, there, there was there was this one time where um, I was at Foot Locker, one of those shoe stores, and uh, and there was this uh, Middle Eastern man with um, what do you call the head thing? Turban. That, turbans. Yeah, he had a turban on and. You know, just hanging out, and I'm like, you know, um, I was looking for shoes, and he comes up to me and and asks me, um, "Hey, can I help you?" I'm like, "No, I'm okay. I'm just looking around." And I feel like, you know, the father just wanted to do something, and so I go and tell him, like, "Hey, man, like, how you doing? Like, you know, um, just wanted to talk to you, and I really feel like God wants to talk to you today. Like, He wants to meet you today. Like, I know it might be weird to you, but like, can I pray for you?" And he's like, "No, like, it's okay. Like, you know, I don't want to. I don't want you to pray for me. Um, you know, I'm." you know, whatever religion he was. And I'm like, yeah, like, that's totally fine. It's like, well, what about this? Why won't we do this? You pray for me first, and then I'll pray for you. And, uh, and so, um, um, and so I kind of caught him off guard and it's like, okay, well, yeah, let's do it. And so he makes me pray for him first. Cause I, I'm assuming he might've felt nervous or something praying for me. And uh, I pray for him. And, you know, um, a lot of Indian, uh, Middle Eastern people, they're like, they, um, um, they rely a lot, a lot on their emotions, like what joy is, what happiness is, all these things. Like, I feel like I, if I'm right, you know, like their religion, like joy and happiness and all that, like it's, a, you know, it's, it's an experience from their God. Um, and so I'm praying for him. And, uh, and then he's like, oh, my gosh. You know, after we're done, like, oh, my gosh, like I felt this joy. I felt so much happiness. Um, let me backtrack a little bit. Be, before, before I pray for him, you know, not trying to convince him, but I want him to experience the Father. I was super excited to show everybody who my dad was. Um, and so I tell him, I'm like, hey, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Nothing. And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, you know, that, that was, you know. And so um, pray for him. And I'm like, yeah, man, this is the Father. You know, he loves you. He wants you you know, all these things. And, um, and he got to experience the father, but that, that revelation right there of, um, that revelation of 
you know, what's the worst that can happen? Nothing, right? Because my, my father is always going to, he's always going to show up. However that looks like, I don't know what it's going to look like at the moment, but the, the father's going to show up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that's, that's how I went throughout my days, you know, delivering mail on, on the streets. It's, you know, had, had, a, had a kid that was in alternative school and he got kicked out too. And he was uh, cutting yards with his uncle, I believe, and prayed for his shoulder and completely got healed, um, chasing down homeless people, um, loving on them, you know, all these crazy things. But, uh, but the Lord really showed up around that time. I mean, it was just like day after day after day. Uh, another cool testimony. Do we have time? Yeah. Yeah. Another cool testimony is uh, there's a, there's a, um, there was a guy up a hill and he worked on car parts. Like the car parts would be delivered to him and then he would work on them from home because he couldn't walk, he couldn't really do anything. Um, and so that's what he did for a living. And so, you know, one day, you know, I get there and he has a car part. Um, he d- No, he didn't have a car part that day, but I'm driving past, you know, I'm trying, I'm delivering his mail, drive past. And right before I drive away, um, uh, the... The father tells me, he's like, hey, I want you to go pray for him. And I'm like, uh, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> like, I really don't want to. Like, I'm, you know, the supervisors are pressuring me to get back and all these things. And I really, you know, I'm already behind. Like, I really need to, I really need to go, you know? And, uh, and so I tell God, I'm like, okay. Cause he was outside sitting in his front porch. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, if he's still outside by the time I'm done with the street and I come back around, I'll get out. <laughs> and uh, and I come back and uh, I check and I'm like yeah he's still out. okay all right I'll get out and so I so I, I go up there with him and uh, and so he I can't remember exactly what it was but he had a problem with his ankle and it was really swollen like extreme like you couldn't see his bone and um, and you know my, one of my first things that I would ask is like hey do, like do you need you know do you need any prayer for anything in your body like you know is something bad with your body or anything like that and he was like yeah my ankle he can't get up you know that's why he's working from home mm-hmm. and uh and so i'm like okay cool well let's just pray and you know as much as i've been taught you know you consistently go after it you fight for it like you know you keep on asking the father for it um and uh i've never been a person of like big prayers i've been a person of just like hey i'm asking my dad you know, let, all right, dad, you know, <laughs> let's do it. You know, it was one of those things of always just like, Hey dad, can you heal him please? Like, you're so awesome. Thank you for, for doing this. Um, whatever you're going to do, um, just please heal him in Jesus name. Amen. That, those, those are my, those are my prayers, you know, cause it's, I don't have to beg my dad for anything. I'm a son, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, I'm, so I'm there and, um, and I'm, you know, I get down and touching his ankle and, uh, and I, uh, I just, you know, do the thing. Hey, Father, please, can you just um, heal him? Like, thank you for just everything you're doing in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you feel anything? No, I don't feel anything. Okay, all right, that's fine. Can I just try two more times? I promise. Give me two more chances, and then I'll get away. I'll go away. You know, just honoring his time and honoring, you know, all that. And, and so I do it again, you know, pray for him in Jesus' name. You know, Father, please heal him. And uh, it's like nothing. It's like, okay, we're, we're just one last time and, I, and I'll get away from you. You know, I'll, I'll be gone. Which we built a relationship anyways. He kind of knew me because I'm the mailman. Um, and, so, and so we do it one last time. And, uh, and he says it, that his ankle starts burning. And, uh, and in my, I, I lost faith at this time. I wasn't believing for healing anymore. I'm like, I'm just doing this just to... I don't know. You know, I didn't want to give up. You know, it was one of those things. So, you know, and I lost faith on, you know, if he if the father was going to do it. And at this point in my head, I'm like, he's doing this to make me feel good. You know, he's doing this to, you know, let me go, go home, you know, get, get back to your route. And, uh, but no, um, he's actually like, yes, it feels better. And um, this guy can't walk down the hill, mm-hmm. you know, because he lived in a steep, steep area. Um, well, yeah, his mailbox was down you know, on the hill and uh, he couldn't get up there because we had to deliver the mail, you know, um, the, the big packages to him and stuff. Um, and so um, he, uh, he starts jumping um, and he starts getting excited, excited, shouting. And, um, and um, yeah, he's just screaming like, oh my gosh, like I'm so much better. I'm so much better. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like, are you serious? Like I, th- that scenario was really happening. Like I was so, I was so much in doubt. I'm like, you're kidding. Like, you're just messing with me. It's like, no, like I really am. Like I'm like, I feel better. And we check out his ankle and you can see his bone again. Wow. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's crazy. Like, you know, that for me, that watching that, it, it shocked me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, it, it kind of put me back of like, oh my gosh, the father is real. Okay, good. All right, we're good. You know, uh, but it was just, it was just a fun, it was fun experience. It's just hanging out with dad, hanging out with dad, loving on dad, being in relationship with him, you know, and, it, and you know, me personally, it's, it's not a thing of like, I have to talk to him 24 seven, but I'm with him all the time. Like I'm with him right now. You know, and uh, and it was just like that. That was so pitiful, and so pivotal in my life, um, of like how I live my life now. It's just like the father's right next to me, and whatever he wants to do throughout the days, that's awesome. If it's doing simple things, it's simple things. If, and if it's doing, you know, speaking into people's lives, it's speaking into people's lives. And if it's, it's seeing somebody get healed, giving a prophetic word, a word of knowledge, awesome. Let's do it. You know, I just want to do what the father's doing. So yeah. So one of the things that that has kind of become a staple of what we do here is we love to have business people on yeah. and and talk about their business. And um, so I know that uh, after that you got into painting contracting and that kind of stuff, and now you're doing some more things. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of joked with you about this, but you're like an unofficial sponsor of the show yeah, without yeah, yeah. you know to, you don't <laughs> right. have to pay for anything. Yeah. You know, we just want to promote your business and promote who you are. So tell us tell us about what you're doing now. Name of your company, that kind of stuff. How people could get in touch with you. Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so my business is community painting and remodeling. You know, we do primarily painting, but we're getting more involved into, you know, doing full remodels. You know, we also buy properties, flip them, um, do those type of things. You know, some ways they can get a hold of me, you know, they can go get a hold my number, 678-699-4030. Get a, get a hold of me on Facebook, Instagram, Google. Um, we're there. If you just type in community painting and remodeling, I'm there. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. So tell me, uh, how's how's business going for you these days? Is uh, do you feel good about things? Are you moving forward? Are you excited? Are you having any challenges now? Yeah, yeah, always challenges. Yeah, it's good to have challenges. If you're not having challenges, you're not moving forward, right? So, uh, so yeah, I mean, we're always having challenges, but and, and it's awesome and it's great. And you know, sometimes it could be something of like we're growing and it's growing pains, um, stuff like that. But business is great. I mean, we've done really well. You know, besides the fact of like. You know, whenever COVID, for COVID first started, you know, the, the first the first week was like one of those things of like, oh, my gosh, business is about to go down. Because I had four people turn me down back to back um, that was already in contract and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm going downhill from, from here. And then a month after that, it just exploded. I mean, it was it was amazing. Um, our business, we pro, you know, my business did twice as much as we did that, you know, the year past. I um, mean, it was really good. And you know, um, I have uh, an admin um, person working for me. You know, we we've grown, um, you know, with, with workers and stuff like that. So we're doing really well. And you know, we're even we're even starting. You know, I just mentioned uh, buying properties and flipping them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're even starting that portion of it because you know the business is kind of you know, for the most part is doing its own thing. I'm still having to, you know, do my responsibilities and things like that, but it's, it's a lot smoother than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm having the time now to actually start doing this thing of, you know, buying properties and flipping them and having the time for them, mm-hmm. you know? So, so yeah, I mean, you know, business is awesome. It's great. It looks like it's going to be more than what I thought, you know, which is awesome. You know, sometimes you think, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Cause whenever I first started, it was one of those things like, I'm just going to paint and I'm going to make good money painting. Right. You know, and, and now here we are, you know, uh, four years later and it's just like, okay, now we have crews, we have, you know, teams and, you know, we, uh, now we're starting to do venture out to do another part of construction, you know, and, uh, seeing ourselves do, you know, numerous other things. So, yeah, it's great. So your dreams or goals to just keep doing what you're doing and grow it, or do you have anything else that you want to do or want to get into at some point? Yeah. I mean, investing, you know, that's one of that's one of the that's one of the things that I'd love to do. Um, you know, I, I call it community painting and remodeling, uh, community painting and remodeling because um, um, we're not just we're making a profit and, and providing for my family is extremely important. You know, that's that's number one. You know, that I need to provide for my family and and them live well and things like that. But um, um, I find pleasure into um, us being us giving people a space to do family and to do community. And that, that's a really big deal for me. 
is um, not just going out to make money, but there's a purpose behind everything. I, I had a lady, she was an older lady. She was in her seventies and we did a kitchen remodel for her. And, uh, and she said that she's never had the kitchen that she's ever wanted. And now that she's 70, she's going to pay for it and they're going to do it. And we were able to give her the kitchen of her dreams. Mm-hmm. And I remember as we were closing the project, she was crying because it was like one of those things of like, oh my gosh, you gave me the space to be able to have my kids and my grandkids over and uh, for me to be able to have a long island to be able to cook with my grandkids and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what it's about. It's creating, you know, for us, it's creating that space for people to have community and to have family. Um, that's extremely important that, you know, th- there's purpose behind that. Um, so, you know, and that's what I, that's what I try to, you know, talk to with my guys, you know, is, hey, we're not only crunching numbers. We're not only you know, painting, we're not only remodeling, we're not only doing labor, like we're creating a space for a family where they're going to be able to have family. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and even as not all my guys, I mean, actually very little, of my guys are Christians or believers, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, we're, we're going to do kingdom stuff, but you know, it's like one of those things of like, there's a purpose behind everything. And, you know, we're going to pray, we're going to pray for these people. I, I had a lady, um, 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 my admin guy, he, he texted me. He's like, Hey, you know, cause we were trying to get a job. We were starting the process of getting a job and getting contract ready and all that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, um, I, um, my admin guy calls me and says, Hey, um, um, her, this lady's mom, as I was on the phone with her, um, she got into a car accident and she's being sent to, um, to, to, what is it called? The, the, ECU or ICU. ICU she was, yeah. yeah, she was getting sent to ICU. And um, and so, you know, um, I, I told my admin guy, hey, I can't find a number. Can you give it to me real quick? I want to call. I want to text her, you know, and it's like, hey, like we're praying for you. Like, you know, let us know. If, like, you know, like we didn't even care about the contract at that point. It's like we care about you, you know, and um, it's not, I hate it, but like, it's not a sales point. Like, it's not a sales point to be like, Hey, like, you know, I'm here for you. Cause I know all about sales. You know, it's like, you're trying to be relational, all that. It's not about that. You know, it, it's about, it's about really connecting with people because at the end of the day, you can't, you can't um, go to heaven with your money. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's all going to stay here. I mean, you, you have inheritance in heaven and all those things. We can talk about that all day, but you know, um, you, you can't go with the things here, you know? And so, so ultimately, you know, that's, that's what we're doing. So, yeah. That's good. And I, and I vouch for you on that because I know that same uh, heart that you had as a mailman and mm-hmm. the things that you were doing, it's still with you today that it's like your first priority is to carry the kingdom where you go. And then if you do it through your work, you do it through your work, but that's your first priority because I know you've always got your eye out for people that might need something. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, we appreciate you being here. Yeah, man. It was awesome. You got anything Thank you, you so want to throw in there, John? No, I really appreciate it. It was cool hearing just how your life changed so significantly as a teenager and and how you've just been a man ever since like a a, a man but also a, a son yeah. and really in touch with the father and and looking for opportunities to kind of share that relationship with sounds like anybody anybody and everybody it's just awesome yeah yeah, so thanks for being here tonight. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Hope That's you'll come great. back. Maybe um, we'll meet your family sometime. Yeah, it'd be awesome for sure. Yeah, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Well, with that, Brad, thank you. Uh, Levi, our musical director, thank you. Hassan, Jackson, our equipment man. Savannah, our art and graphics person. And Milos, our audio engineer. And everybody else, I hope you'll go to com, and I hope you will go to Community Painting and Remodeling. You can find them on Facebook. And what's that number again, Raul? Uh, 678-699-4030. You need to look them up. Everybody's doing some remodeling and everybody's doing some painting. Too bad we didn't have this conversation last year. I just painted my house. (laughs) I see that. (laughs) I bet you know. I bet that was the first thing you know. I sure did. All right. Hey, well, thanks for being here tonight. Everybody else, go to the show.com and register for our email list. Thank you. Thank you.